Well, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this season, God. And, um, yeah, we thank you for the Christmas season. And um, we thank you that, uh, that it's a time of year that most of the world focuses on, on what we celebrate every day. <laughs> and that's what's so cool about Christmas. Father, I just thank you for your presence here today. I pray uh, for uh, your comfort and your joy, God, to fill every home. Lord, we thank you that you're still moving today. We pray that you touch families here in this house, those who are traveling all around. Yeah. Lord, I pray that you would further reveal to us just how miraculous this story really is. Yeah, we thank you. We, <laughs> so just a taste, just a taste. Yeah, praise God. We're going to just read some scripture today, look at the story, this Christmas story, and um, and then we'll have a, oh, I hear the jingle bells, that's awesome. And um, and then we'll have a, a time together. Um, and so if you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1. You know what's amazing is as you're turning to Luke, we're going to look in chapters 1 and chapter 2 today. And as you're turning there, you know what is amazing is that um, angels in the Bible, do you realize that angels are one of the most mentioned topics throughout Scripture from old to new? It's amazing how uncomfortable some Christians get about Angels moving and showing up in our present day. Nobody in here. But we but but when you look in the scripture, yeah, it's amazing how when you when you read the scripture and you and and you you know the scripture and you've grown up, perhaps how is it amazing how you can read over absolutely mind blowing, miraculous events as if it was like, oh, yes, of course, the angel showed up. You know, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so angels appeared all throughout the scripture. And they're still active today. And, um, and we're not teaching on angels today, but it is, I think it's powerful to realize that at times, at, at, at these, 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 uh, these certain seasons that God has ordained and set in his own authority, for instance, we're looking at the coming the birth of the Messiah today. That when he is doing these great things, he begins to send his messengers and to show up. Now, Gabriel, uh, he's in a big job. Gabriel was really busy around this time. Did you guys notice that? He's showing up, he's prophesying John. You know, John's going to be born. And then the same angel, Gabriel, by name, shows up to Mary talking to Mary about what's going to happen um, for her. And we're going to get into the scripture here and look at it. And, um, and so Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 26. And before, actually, before I read that, let me, let me set it up by saying this, that um, we're here in the holiday season, right? And, um, and, 
And how many just love all the stuff that goes along with it? How many love the trees and the ornaments and the lights, right? The stockings, you know, the giving to one another, even the receiving. You know, it's more blessed to give than receive, but it's also a blessing to receive. You you guys catch that, right? It's more blessed to give, but it's still a blessing to receive. All the fun stuff that goes along with it. And I was sitting there early in the morning just... Just sitting, sitting with the Lord this morning and just thinking about it all and how, you know, sometimes we get hung up about, is a Christmas, I think we're pretty free in this house, but how many have heard these kind of conversations? Is a Christmas tree an idol? Well, you know, the pagans used to get the evergreen and, you know, and they and they talk about all this and, and um, you know, you know where I like to live? I like to live in this, that to the pure, all things are pure. And and when your when your heart is set on him, the true reason for it all, everything else can just be joy and extra all around you, you know, like the tree and the wrapping paper and all that stuff. You know, like when you have the Lord, it's wonderful. And if you don't, nothing really fills that place anyway. So we know it's all about him. And uh, so he's the joy in the midst of it all. He's the true joy, not only in the season, but in our life. And, um, and, and really, I just pondering the truth that do we realize that the greatest gift ever given was given by God? Really, every good gift comes down from him, the Bible says. And, but the greatest gift ever given was that God gave his own son. Essentially, he gave himself as a gift. And it really, uh, when we really ponder how God went about that, we're going to read it here in a moment. If you think about how God decided to save the world, think about it. He, think about the confidence of God. How confident our Father in Heaven truly is. That He said, you know what my plan is? I'm going to send my Son into the world. Take on flesh. He's going to be born as a little, who knows, eight pound, two ounce, naked baby. Somebody's going to have to feed him. He's going to have to nurse. Someone's going to have to change him. Somebody's going to have to dress him. Someone's going to have to, you know, take care of him. God in the flesh. That God would make himself seemingly incredibly vulnerable in the midst of a world that he came to save. It doesn't it doesn't make sense, does it? Logically, think about it from a human perspective. It doesn't make, you know what the way we would think about it would be like he's going to crack the sky open, he's going to come down, he's going to set everybody straight, knock it up. Boom. You're dead. You know, like, I mean, you know, I'm going to straighten this place out. Right? But the Bible says that God loved the world. So he sent his son. You know? A God who is limitless in power. He could blink his eyelash at the situation and straighten it out. And yet he decides to say, no, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to send my son into the world, born of a virgin. He's going to grow up a human, in human form. He's going to have a human experience. And then he's going to demonstrate what it looks like for someone to be in perfect union with me, essentially letting everybody know what their inheritance is, if they say yes. And then he's going to suffer and die and pay for all the faults of the world. How humble and how vulnerable that this... And you know, the truth is, is that a lot of people think that vulnerability, a lot, of, a lot of people in this world, in the world system, would see vulnerability as a weakness. But I'll tell you what, the deepest level of healthy vulnerability can only come through confidence and a secure identity. And that's God. And I'm just going to quote to you, Isaiah 7:14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will name him God among us, Emmanuel. All right. In the sixth month, verse 26, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Mary was probably 13, by the way. That's right. Amen. But it was a different day. But she was deeply troubled by this statement. Wondering, what kind of greeting could this be? (laughs) I love it. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will carry and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider... And then... The angel begins to talk to her about John. Now turn with me over to chapter 2, if you will. Chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place with Quirinus when he was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, house of bread. Powerful. The place that the 
Nothing with God is a coincidence. He's speaking through the places he chooses, through the people he chooses. Why did you? That's another message. The house of bread, Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the family and the line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth, swaddling clothes, if you will, and laid him in a feeding trough. Powerful, isn't it amazing? That the bread of life would be born in the house of bread in a feeding trough. And I don't mean to sound cliche, okay? And, 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 and given the, the jokes in the beginning, if you want to call them that, they, um, they, you, know, you know that phrase, like, you know, you leave the, when you leave the door open, what do people sometimes say? What would your grandma say to you? Yeah. What was it? Were you born in a barn? Jesus was. And he's the open door. So maybe there's something to that statement. Isn't that powerful? The bread of life was born in the house of bread in a feeding trough and did indeed leave the door open, became the door for mankind. Who I feel the anointing. Because there was no room for them in the lodging place. That's why they were out there in the barn. In the same region, shepherds were were staying out of the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Again, when we gloss over things, I like to put myself in that situation and imagine that I had never heard it before. Imagine these are events that had never taken place, and, and, if, and if a young lady of 13 was to come to you and say, an angel appeared to me, And told me that even though I'm a virgin, I'm going to have a baby. And he's going to be the son of God, by the way. How's that going to happen? Well, the power of God is going to overshadow me. Think about it. Would you have believed her? We all like to think we would. But I wonder if any of us really would have. You know, we like to shake our we like to shake our heads at the Pharisees, those guys. They were so religious and foolish. We all like to think we wouldn't have been them, but I'm not so sure. And I've often thought I've often thought the life that I enjoy with God, I've asked the Lord. Not really looking for an answer, but just a wondering question. God, why? Why, would, why am I in this place with you? Why do I have such a, such a connection with you? Why, why do I know you? And others who grew up, why, I'm walking with you. And others, I know there's a yes. I know we have a part. But I, have to, I understand that it even takes God's miracle and his grace on me 
to open my eyes so that I could even say yes. Like even that is a work of grace, you know? And and when I think, like, why would a friend and I grow up in the same church, in the same place, and face many of the same things, and yet I am I am in the move of the Spirit walking in this intimate relationship with the Lord, and they're not. Why? Well, I'll tell you why it's not. It's not because I'm smarter. And it's not because I'm better. And it's not because I did something to earn it. So I don't know the answer, except for the grace of God in my life. And we said yes. But again, it still takes me back. I, I need your help to do that. You know? Have you ever wanted to surrender something to the Lord? And, and, and it was a struggling process? Anybody? Or is that just me? And, and I mean, and then, and then all of the sudden, the Lord touches you and there's a change and it's easy. That's called grace. Anyway. So when I read these stories, I like to think like the shepherd in the field who's never heard of such a thing. I heard about angels. Here's one. (laughs) And the glory of the Lord is shining around them. What does that look like? Imagine it. God's given us an imagination for a reason. Do you know that? And and I will say, Saida, we we dismiss imagination. Well, that's just your imagination. But if you have an imagination, God created it. And if God created it, it's not just like some appendix you don't need. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're like, oh, you don't need that. Take it out. I'm like, I think it, you, sometimes you got to take it out. But I think it's there for probably a reason. And, um, and, but your imagination, if you have one, God gave it to you. It's the place of imagery. And it's a place that God speaks. And so I like to imagine this. I'm there. And the glory of the Lord is shining all around them, and they are terrified. <laughs> but the angel says, I find it's a common experience when angels show up. Have you noticed that? How many times they show up, and the first thing they say is, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I mean, John was a little more intense. He fell like a dead man. <laughs> okay, moving on. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news. Of great joy. That will be for all people. Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born. For you in the city of David, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of the, of the heavenly hosts of angels praising God. And saying, glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to people he favors. Or goodwill towards men. Are you in this moment? Are you experiencing the escalation that is happening here? Okay, first there's an angel. Then there's the glory. Then we're afraid. Then we're trying not to be afraid because he told us don't be afraid. And now he's got good news. Okay, I'm getting encouraged. Peace and, and joy. Okay, that's good. That's not judgment. And then to top it off, 
they look up, all of a sudden there's a heavenly choir. Where did they come from? And they're all singing. Oh, this really happened. It's not a fairy tale. And the glory of God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened. I love the action of these men. Yeah. Do you really? And, and I think we can take that part for granted, but God shows up, he speaks, and they act. On what God has said. They believed it. Let's go see what happened. You know why? Because they didn't know. Like they don't they didn't have nativity scenes year after year like us. They didn't know what happened. What in the world are you what does this mean? Let's go see. So they rush, they go to Bethlehem and see what happened, which the Lord has made uh, known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph, the baby, lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. (laughs) But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Powerful. And as the story goes on, we encounter a man named Simeon. And Simeon was this man, and, and it says that he was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. Consolation, the comfort, the settling. What is the word? Peace on earth. You're, you're being consoled, Israel. Israel, think about Israel. Israel was a people who have encountered deserts. And slavery and tyranny from the Romans and, and displacement, exile, return. I mean, think about this journey. I mean, when I, when I hear the consolation of Israel, this moment here, Christ being born, this is the moment that Israel has been waiting for. And these are the moments, you know, I just imagine this, that if you're Simeon and you're, you're Anna, Okay, these were people like the shepherds. I don't know how in tune they were on a daily basis. They were, you know, I imagine they knew the stories and they knew the history. But but when you talk, when you look at Anna and you look at Simeon, these were people in tune with the prophecies that God had given to his people. Can you imagine that? How many Thousands or hundreds and even thousands of years had gone by. And every generation is thinking. Won't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if that happened in our day? And I imagine that lots of them like can happen with any of us. These prophecies and stories became things they knew. And yes, they believed them, but maybe not actively. It might not have been a flame of faith in their heart that says, oh, that was giving them hope. Oh, that's going to be amazing. It was like, yeah, that, that will be amazing. And probably a little bit of a thought of like, well, it didn't happen in my great-grandfather's life or my grandfather's life or my father's life. And I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen for us. 
But I hope it does, but, but it probably won't. And, and you know what I'm saying? It's like the Lord's return, right? Which I think the answer to that is just let's just keep doing what he told us to do and not worry about the time that he told us we wouldn't know. <laughs> so, you, what time is it? You won't know. Okay. So I think it's tomorrow. But you won't know. Okay. And, um, and so... And so, but Simeon and Anna, it says he was looking forward, like Buck's word today, behold. I love that word. He shared that today in, in here and up in pre-service prayer. Behold, as Buck shared earlier, means look at it. Not get ready, it's coming. Like, it's like, look at it. Not, there's going to be a pulpit here, maybe next week, guys. No, but I'm just saying, it's behold it. It's right in front of you. Actually, you don't even know how long it's been there. It's here. Look. You know, behold. And so he's looking forward to the consolation of Israel, which speaks of, in the Hebrew mindset, that it is God's ability and his role, his active role, in comforting his people. But more specifically, it was the role of the coming Messiah who would come and settle things for Israel. Now, it happened differently in, much, in a much greater way for a lot more people than the Hebrew people expected. But, and here it is. Next thing you know, you're holding him. You're holding the Messiah. You're holding the Messiah. Can you imagine how long and we were starting to wonder but it's happening. Anybody ever have God move in your life in that such a way where, you, where you're like, I know God, but what you're doing, is that fresh awe hits you. It's happening. It's happening to me. And Anna, this, oh man, I was thinking like, I can't, I can't wait to meet her someday in eternity. And just get to know her a little bit. Just married for, for yeah, seven years to her husband. And then, after he passes, you know what? Instead of getting married again or whatever, she had such a heart for God, she just kept herself in the temple night and day. Never, ever left the temple complex. And she gave her whole life. Here she is, old, in her old age. And she gave her whole life to fasting and to prayer. And then she comes in, and then she gets to prophesy. Mm. <laughs> and really, I think what we really want to focus on is peace on earth, goodwill to men. Don't you love that when the, when the Father comes to manifest His nature as a Father through a Son, this baby boy. The message is, I love you. I love you. Why are you doing all this, God? Oh, I love you. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
everlasting father? I thought he was a son. Mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What these prophecies, these declarations over the Messiah You know, it just went so far, like God does. It went so far beyond, I think, what they had grasped in their mind. And even though they're saying that he's going to be a light to the Gentiles. He's, you know, it's like to all peoples. You know what I think the shepherds heard? To all Hebrew people. You know what I mean? To all people. Yes, to all the Hebrew people. No, to all people. And so this morning, my prayer is this. That this holiday season, no matter what our circumstances are, because we're all in different, we all have different circumstances, don't we? Right? It's, you know, it's like, it doesn't look like Miracle on 34th Street for everybody all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sometimes it looks like the Christmas story. The dogs came in and hauled the turkey off. And, you know, I'm just saying, life, life can be messy and painful. And, and, and the holiday seasons, boy, it highlights our life, doesn't it? It highlights the situations of our life. Like, uh, you know, where there's family divisions, where there's, you know, where there's separation in families and things, it, it kind of brings that pain to the surface for a lot of us. And, and we, you think, you know, it's like, oh, you're enjoying this part. And then there's often that thought, oh, I wish so-and-so's here. Or I wish, I wish that situation was better. You know, that's life. But I just was thinking about how this message is true for us today in a tangible way. I Like, it has to hit earth, doesn't it? Like, it has to come down into the carpet of my home and manifest in a reality, in a way that, like, affects my life. And, and so my prayer is, like, whatever season you're in, whatever your family dynamics are, whatever your circumstances, whatever it is, that I really, it's in the heart of God today that, that the prayer of the Apostle Paul Really, what Christ brought into the world and the prayer of the Apostle Paul that you would know by experience the love of God. That's what this Christmas story is really about. God loved the world so much, He sent His Son, that you would know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Right? If it's peace that you need this morning, and just begin to, you know, just. Just think whatever you need from the Lord, it's available today. If it's peace that you need, then there's peace that goes beyond understanding. I don't understand how the situation is going to work out. There's peace for that. There's peace that I don't, I don't, that I can have without having to understand. It's supernatural peace. The Prince of Peace, remember? That was in there. That's in the title. You know? If I need wisdom, oh, he's a counselor. 
I need a breakthrough. He's a mighty God. I need to know his love today. Oh, he's everlasting father. And so I thought what I'd like to do this morning as a family is that we would do just that. We'd be a family together here and make some space for that. And um, I'd be a little bit different today. And, and so what I'd like to do is uh, a few of us will be up here. If you'd like to receive prayer, like if you want to come forward to receive prayer today, then we want to pray for you. And, um, and, I, and I am just all about seeing whatever, whatever we need in this season, God is present. He's going to show up, you know. And I just feel like, I'll just tell you, I feel like I have an encouraging word for somebody. That, you know, oftentimes it's letting go of, how many are idealistic? I'm like, I'm an idealist. Kind of a recovering one. Like I still am one, but, you know, because I think ideals are good because there is an ideal situation. There's a standard. It's called heaven. Heaven on earth. So that's my, I'm idealistic in that way. And I will never stop leaning in for those ideals. The ideal vision of heaven implemented on the earth. In every life, in every home, in every family, in society, in the body of Christ. However, in that process, there's something available. And it's what gives us peace in the journey. And it's a surrender. It's a thing that says... I don't understand this, or this situation is not resolved, but guess what I can do? I can let it go. I can let it go. And I can let go of the voice of judgment or condemnation that says I should be doing something better. I should be, you know what I'm saying? Anybody with me? And so I just feel there is a grace this morning to just be saturated and surrounded by the peace and the goodwill that, that was proclaimed from heaven on this day. I know it wasn't December 25th, but you know what I mean. And so we'll be up here if you want to receive prayer. But other than that, what I'd like to do is, is uh, would you stand, please? Please, if you would like. You're free people. What I'd love to do is uh, just let's just get together in groups around the room, if, if you will. And I, I don't know, I, I see like groups of five-ish, you know, give or take, and, and whatever, you, whatever works out for you, but kind of like small enough, and you can have three if you want, but just get into groups all over the room. I, I'd love for us to close out this way today and share with one another um, where it is that uh, you'd love to see God invade in these holidays. Or what it is that you need. You know, are there needs? And let's just cover one another in prayer. And I, I really felt that there would be some encouraging words that we share. Some prophetic encouragement for one another. And, um, and just minister to one another however the Lord is leading you. You know, because the body can minister to the body. And... Um, and so uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you. And, you know, Cheryl was uh, saying to me a, a week, I think it was a week ago, we were sharing a little bit about being up here. And, and um, she was, she just had this big heart for us. She said, oh, that your first 
Christmas living in Weaverville would be so special. And, and uh, we, we just feel like, you know, it already is. And, um, and, uh, but with that, it's that same desire for every single one of us that, um, yeah, that the love of the Lord will saturate us, hold us. And so, Father, I thank you as we pray for one another that um, you're moving in our lives. I thank you for grace release this morning, breakthroughs. I, I just even see, um, I'm going to say this because I felt this, I, I even see uh, family situations that we've, um, that we've agonized over, prayed into, worked at, and, um, and I actually felt like there's a grace now that God is moving in our family here in a way that it would almost be like, you know, I didn't even try at that. And something shifted. And, it, and it's because God did something. And so I pray that for every home, Lord. Yeah, we love you. We give you all the glory. Thank you, Father, for sending your son into the world. Thank you. In Jesus' name.